Brother Brian, do you have the faith? Do you have the faith? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Would you say you had a leap of faith? I had to take a leap of faith to just watch this movie. <laughs> Zing! Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Bowie. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy. Uh, that's a okay, Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hello and welcome everyone to this week's edition of the P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today we'll be chatting about a film entitled... Leap of Faith. Yes, Leap of Faith. So Kyle, what's this one about? Oh, let's see. Uh, Leap of Faith came out in 1992. It is the story of a uh, scam artist preacher, Jonas Nightingale. A charlatan, by, if you will. Ooh, a charlatan. That's yes. an excellent word. <laughs> uh, played by Steve Martin and his uh, traveling revival. One of their vehicles breaks down and they're stranded in, what was that, Rustwater, Kansas? Rustwater, Kansas. Yeah, for fictional town. four days, a nice little long weekend in Rustwater. <laughs> and they decide to set up their big show tent, make a few bucks, but don't plan on the local sheriff, played by Liam Neeson, to intrude on their religious ruse. Nice, nice little, nice little summary there. Thank you. So, uh, hard at it. Let's get right into this one. I Meat mean, and potatoes. There's a plus here. We see Philip Seymour Hoffman almost right away. Yes. So this oh, is um, not all good news, guys. So. so what? We've had two films: his Triple Bogey and My New Gun, where he's like in one scene. Uh, Son of a Woman, still out of uh, these four now, I'd say his strongest performance. Yeah, I mean, and this one technically... And most on and most one, screen time. As we, If you've been listening to our podcast, we did do that little error of doing Scent of a Woman first. I guess we just got Yeah, so, so excited, now th- this was his third film, Scent of a Woman would be his fourth. But this, I would say then, if you're not counting Scent of a Woman, would be his first Hollywood film, like mainstream Hollywood sure. film. yeah. It's that nine. It's got that '90s vibe too. You oh, know? definitely. <laughs> no, very much. Um, I don't know which film you know it is numerically, but it has a uh, twister vibe as far as his role and like. I guess they're in the Midwest. They're traveling in a vehicle. Well, know? yeah. I mean, kind of important. It's something we've discussed every time. This is his first film outside. I mean, Kansas is after outside we, New York. We've talked. Well, we, is I wonder if in the end Kansas is going to be his. Uh, He's got a lot of New York films, as we discussed. Yeah. Will Kansas take it <laughs> in the second place? Now, this film does have a New York connection to Steve Martin's character, as we learned so, later, yeah. originally from New York. But so he might have met... Um, <laughs> what's uh, He's got another... He's got these great characters. I forget what his name was last week, but I think Will or something like that. But uh, his name in this one is Matt. It's like, come on. Like, even <laughs> Meatloaf is in this. Not a lot of lines. But his name is uh, Hoover. Then you've got that great character actor, uh, MC Ganey. His character's name is Tiny. Like, yeah. I want, like, you know, especially when you're on the road, uh, you come up with nicknames for one another. Well, I kind of want to discuss his little gang here, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, 
So it starts, and they're traveling on this bus. Like you said, it broke down. And he's got a cool gang. And i got to be honest with you, Kyle. I could see you having a little uh, click like this. If, if Oh, I've always said, like, I mean, well, number one, I would love to find a job that's, like, on the road or whatever. Not, like, all year round. That would just be, like, you know, some months of the year. Like, <laughs> musician or comedian, point being. Or even, <laughs> or even obviously, like, athletes, but they don't get to have as much fun when they're in. Um, not Not revival preacher. Not something for you. I mean, I just don't have the faith. But neither did Steve Martin's character. True. As we learned. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bullshitter, but I'm not a con artist. They got like this nice little family going. They got about, I, I guess two buses worth of people because they have a huge choir along with them. Yeah, too. And, and just like, yeah, they have the whole choir and this gang. Deborah Winger, big like African American choir. Yeah, yeah, the, which the, is like. Uh, that's definitely I'm not a religious person but I've always said like if I for some reason wanted to really find a Christian based faith I would totally go like all in on like Southern African American like Baptist. Well, yes, right? like a, like, a, like like a black church, like a singing black yeah, ha- church. Hallelujah. <laughs> like It does Jan- seem fun, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well hey, honestly like my only experience Blues Brothers. So and film in general. So I mean, yeah, sure. Me as well. I mean, I've never been to that kind. I've never been to like a. I don't think either of us have been to a revival setting. No. Is that fair to say? I know I haven't. Not. A, I didn't want no, to speak for a you. Rena- a Renaissance fair revival. <laughs> okay. <one of> yes. <laughs> um, so just just back to the gang because because yeah. uh, they all seem at least I'm not sure we're not sure about the choir. They all seem like they're in on this little ruse. Oh, yeah, they're totally... I mean, just from the get-go, the first scene is like... Well, number one, I love I love the cliche, like, hazy highway. Like, that's, you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Like, that's yeah. great. Like, the bus is coming down. It says uh, miracles and uh, wonders on the front of the bus. So, just, you know, like, a good, pretty good setup. And we totally... It is, it's, it's good character setup. Unfortunately... Then, like, for the rest of the film, it's, like, Steve Martin and uh, Deborah Winger's character versus, like, really getting into, like, Meatloaf. Like, there's no character. Those two are the only ones that, out of our revival that have, like, character arcs. Yeah. You know? I mean, as much as I... I mean, you mentioned MC Ganey before, and as much as I want him to be expanded... Uh, so where do you recognize him from, I guess I should say? Uh, his biggest thing, probably, uh, like, Lost... Other other things too, like he was even like a small role in um, Beer Fest. It, what what is he? He's isn't he in the first? Was he the lim, who's the? Is he the limousine driver? He's the limousine Mighty, driver, Mighty, Mighty, Mighty Duck. And as soon as I saw him, like limo driver, Mighty Duck. Yeah, I'm glad he's still on the road. Yeah. Another thing though that he was in, and I this and I've seen him a million times, and this is the first time I recognize him mm-hmm. at, for this role. Sideways. Oh, we totally see his dick, right? Yeah, just like the dick flopping that's around, him, and like yeah. that's him. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. So, any intimate sideways, you definitely know who we're talking about. Intimate with uh, MC Ganey. <laughs> yeah, love that guy. <laughs> and now I get his his nickname, uh, Tiny. <laughs> yeah. So right away we begin the movie, and it's a great character introduction for Steve Martin's Jonas Nightingale. And they get pulled over. What was the exact meatloaf's like the bus driver, but he also plays the organ. Like they all kind of double yeah, he, dip in their a jobs. Man, a man of many yeah. talents in this film. Um, I don't know. So it's like a says, drunk driving thing or something. I, says, I don't know. Maybe like the I don't know. Something point being like it, it's not important except for so Steve Martin just goes out and starts talking to him. and I recognize the guy that played the cop too. He's in like Ace Ventura and uh, 
plenty of. Oh yeah, Midwestern cop, and the whole thing that we learn from this is Steve Martin is really good. He's like almost like a Sherlock in a ways of that he sees a sticker on the cop car of like a college. I don't know, just a bunch of little facts, and he even he's getting arrested because he's kind of giving like more attitude than a cop, especially from that area, wants to deal with, and. He's in the car, and he just goes into this whole, like, pretty much just picks him apart and says, like, about his marriage and his relationship with his daughter. It seems like he's reading his mind a bit. Yeah. We get the reveal that he's being aided in a couple ways. Yeah. Deborah Winger's character, Jane. So you got Jonas and Jane. That's, Mm. come on, writers. (laughs) That's, like, film 101, unless there's, like, a big reason to have characters. Double J names. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. Yeah, so she she assists him with like an earpiece on like especially during the revivals, but I think a little bit during then too. But I just love it because everyone's in the in the big bus and they're taking bets. Yo, Roger, frequency six. Check your local listing. Got a call rating ten dollar Andy. Who's in? I'm with my boss. I'm betting with Lucille. Try to see with Lucille. I say he can't do it. He can't do it. Show loyalty. Ooh, child, he looks nasty. Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be real good. What's the cold meeting? Oh, is this beautiful country or what? How fast was I going? 80 and a 55. Phil Schner Hoffman has, like, yeah, I wrote, uh, Ready to rock, boss. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, that's he's like. Got, that's he's the, got these lines. That's the like, character. He just has such great, uh, infection. No, <laughs> affection. Wait. What's the word I'm looking for? Aff- <laughs> now you got me tripped. I was gonna say affliction, but it's. No. Okay, God. see, I'm not. No, I'm, no, 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 no. We're both bad. But no, 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 but like I had it as soon as you said it. Uh-huh. And then like. Afflection? It, Is that it? The way. Someone, can someone get us the, uh, the PS the I love th- thesauruses? Inflection, right? Inflection. Inflection. So, yeah, not infection. That's why I. Yeah, got yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And inflection. then I knew it as soon as you said it. And then I yeah. started <laughs> thinking of other things that it could be. Exactly. Inflection, uh, yes. Inflection. He is such a. Philip Seymour often has yeah. tremendous inflection. Well. I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dingus like Diane Lane last week. Um, yeah, so it's just like what a great like interest. Oh, I meet so yeah, meatloaf's in it. He's wearing Hawaiian shirt. I'm sold. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, and you know what I was wondering when I saw this too. Who do you think he would be on that bus? I honestly, I'd like to think a combo of meatloaf and Philip Seymour Hoffman because meatloaf doesn't talk much, and I definitely would have like getting in on the situation comments like <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I'm totally like a driver, Hawaiian shirt wearing, maybe organ playing meatloaf. <laughs> Fair. So, I mean, yeah. as you mentioned, we're introduced to Steve, Steve Martin. You're Jane. Just I'll talking, be Jane. Okay. Yeah, you're just talking the ears of people. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes. Behind instigating. the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Instigating, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Martin, and we're seeing his thing. I mean, and it's kind of even evident from the beginning that this is a Steve Martin vehicle, this film. Well, interesting enough, one of the few uh, trivia I, uh, facts I learned on IMDb from this is that Michael Keaton, um, he quit the production. So it's not like he was just up for oh, it. interesting. Yeah, which it I definitely think feels to- like a Steve Martin film. But I, I totally see Michael Keaton in the world. I see Michael Keaton as this, but I don't see a, the same tone. Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton is much more slick. Yeah, that's the thing. It, nothing against. I'm not trying to. No, like, no, no, I know exactly you what know you're I saying. Love Steve and, and I think the tone is a little different 
with Michael Keaton. I think it's a little dirtier with Michael Keaton because he seems more slick, as you said. He seems more of a conniver than yeah. Steve Martin. Steve Martin has there's heart to Steve Martin, you know. Steve Martin, like I mean, I'm sure they still would have had like you know the whole con artist. But we get this not to go like totally out of the way. The sheriff is played by Liam Neeson, and at one point he goes to like the second showing of the revival or the third one, something like that. And he reads the whole rap sheet that he finds out Jonas Nightingale's real name. Don't have it right there in front of me. But point being, he's got, you know, whatever his real name is, and he's from New York. Yeah, he's calling him out. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah. But. I, I think they would have kept that probably, you know, would have stayed New York or something like that for Michael Keaton as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I see films like, one that comes to mind, I don't know if you've seen it, Gung Ho. It's, you know, it's a film where Michael Keaton is like, at an auto plant and interacts with Japanese people. Like, mm-hmm. that's my synapses. That's why you write the synapses. <laughs> synapsis Um Synapsi. Synapsi. Uh, <laughs> well, Steve, Steve Martin seems like a guy that, as, as the character Nightingale, thinks ahead versus, if it was Michael Keaton, he almost looks like someone that's, like, really good on the fly. Yeah. And both of them, like, are, but again, just, like, I don't know. They just, just they just bring different things to the role, so yeah, I think it's which, a different I mean, film. obviously would happen for most actors, but uh, the point being, I see this, it's not like, I'm like, ooh, I couldn't see well, either. Well, this isn't, yeah, this but it, I don't think Michael Keaton plays this as a character, just as, like, Steve Martin doesn't play this as a character. Yeah. It's not a character piece. This is more Steve Martin's film, like it would have been Michael Keaton's film. And that's why, like, you you would have seen the differences. But we're with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. It's fine. He's 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 a lovable guy. Yeah. By the way, before we get any further, just want to make it clear: neither of us has seen this film. Yes, we mentioned it last week, but we just want to uh, say it again. It was just not. It's not. I don't think this was a very popular film. I couldn't find the budget. It made twenty something million dollars. Yeah, it's just got that. A married couple rented this. Yeah, I mean, this is a very much a rental movie. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and so. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I think you could find it on Stars now. Uh, By all means, it doesn't show like it doesn't show the um, true capabilities of Steve Martin. No, it, it certainly does not, and I want to make that clear. But actually, the critics at the time gave it pretty uh, good praise, sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah, in the end of the day, you know, it's terrible. It, it, it is. It's a middle of the down, middle of the road, you middle know. of the road film. Yeah, in the middle of the country. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So let's get back to some plot points here. Sure. So after that first scene, pretty much they're continuing down the road, but then uh, you know they're all on the walkie-talkies and stuff like that, and one of the trucks is having a little engine problem, coming to town. I think Meatloaf tells them like it's just it's gonna be like at least four days or something like that. I think one of them. Yeah. So you know. so they decide right to just make their money in this town and yeah, I show forget. In this town. Were they on their way to Topeka? Yeah, Topeka. Cause, yeah. Uh, I mean, Deb- by all means, yeah, this is a little podunk, rustwater Debra, town. Yeah, Deborah Winger's character says she was looking forward to seeing Topeka. Oh, because there was a shelter there because she wants to adopt a dog Yeah, or Great Dane. Great Dane, This yeah, is really weird. Idea. Um, yeah, so Topeka, I guess bigger city, more money. And Steve Martin, you kind of get his, like, his character's arrogance here. He thinks he could make money in this podunk town. So that's what they decide to do. Uh, you know, set up, uh, Jonas even goes, set up, we'll play here. You know, play. Like, you know, definitely yeah. setting up that this is, he's not a believer. They go, him and uh, Jane, and they go to the sheriff's office. And as we said, sheriff is played by Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, surprising role i wasn't surprised i mean i was surprised yeah. to see him in what's his do we know his, what's his like big start 
his like breakthrough is definitely Schindler's List. Yeah. I don't know what his start. Which is, is. like ninety four. Yeah, like it's like wow, this is like. I know he was he was all the way back. He's in one of the he's in like one of the last Dirty Harry movies, Deadpool, mm. the, the Deadpool. But um, yeah, so this is like early Liam Neeson. Yeah. So him trying to do like a Kansas accent, or just it was American. Just, it was just, yeah, it wasn't I wouldn't call it a Kansas accent. It was just his attempt at neutral American. Neutral. There we go. Um, this I. I think he's a terrific actor. Oh, I sure. don't have a problem with yeah. that. I just, I mean, it, it is early in his career. I'm sure he took this movie, you know, obviously for the money, trying to get a start. I'm surprised. No, like again, no offense to him because we all know he's a great actor. Kind of surprised, like he did get this role though. Like it's just point being because it's. I mean, it definitely is like probably the, in like the third biggest role in the film. I guess. Yeah, I right? would say so. Like we go from yeah. Steve Martin, Deborah Winger, Liam Neeson. Top five, yeah. Yeah. I guess um, the diner waitress. Yeah, diner waitress, Marva. Well, um, I mean, maybe he just had a great audition because of his acting talents. Like, he, he can make it work. And it's not, look, it's not terrible. No, I'm not saying, like, oh, man, this movie's so unbelievable and I didn't like it because Liam Neeson and his, <laughs> and his accent or whatever. But, uh, this, this, this director, by the way, Richard Pierce, we haven't mentioned him because, honestly, there's not too much to mention. I, I no, looked through he, his career. He, no, there's like he, really nothing. But this is def, this is by far his biggest movie. Yeah. And he didn't really have like any... So like, I'm, I'm not sure if like the, he, the director just didn't care. Like, Oh, you know what? Wait. Did call I, him out on this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, we're introduced to Liam Neeson mm-hmm. and he he kind of right away knows that they're scam artists here. And he, he originally denies them a permit because... Frankly, he says the town can't afford it. I believe Steve Martin's character like pulls some lawyer bullshit on him. He doesn't really deny much during the whole film. He just kind of no. like, skews. Yeah. I love that after that scene, him and uh, Jane, Jonas and Jane are driving, and uh, yeah, Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light is playing. Yeah, it's not playing in the background of the film, let's be clear. It's no, like, it's diegetic. It's playing on yes, the radio. It's playing on the radio, so... In this universe that Leap of Faith exists in, yeah, Meatloaf exists yes. as well as this character played by Meatloaf. Yeah, uh, maybe both, they tell him, "Hey, you both look like Meatloaf." Hoover and Meatloaf exist. <laughs> yes. So I think in the next or one of the next scenes, we're introduced uh, to two more important characters: the diner scene, and we meet Marva, who is this uh, very cute Auburn going from scent of a woman. Um, waitress and classic country diner waitress yeah romance all the other older waitresses are like oh be nice to him he's you know he's a preacher he's a man of God and she just automatically well she has a disposition against religious people and we'll talk about that in a second but or preachers I should say maybe not religious people and she kind of gives Steve Martin sass while he's like 110% obviously flirting with her. Yeah, I think he even, like, states that clearly. Yeah. And oh, yeah, to- yeah totally. He's... And he's kind of trying to use her tricks Again, very tricks open character. Yeah. He's trying to use his tricks uh, on her, Yeah, he's, and, he and... says to Jane, like, oh, she wasn't biting to any of my lines. Yeah. You know? And... He's very, he's very candid, obviously, with the people he works with, and then for the most part, without, like, anyone knowing his background, it's just, if you're not a fool... You're gonna get what kind of person he is, what or what you know what his character is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's pretty straightforward. 
<laughs> no, that, this whole thing, this, I mean, this film is like, it's very straightforward and, you know, then they go on the radio, they, um, pretty much to get people and, you know, get an audience. I love it. They're go they're going around and Steve Martin. Oh, that's, that's something I was going to ask you cause you're very knowledgeable in sports and I know you definitely know some facts also about Steve Martin. What's his whole thing with basketball? Cause in, uh. What is that Father of the Father Bride? Bride He's got a, yeah. I don't know actually, but because in this movie, like then he sees some uh, young fellas playing uh, a game of hoops. Hoops, yes. And he takes this really long, like what it would almost be from like half court, yeah, even, for, even f- further maybe. No, it's no, it's not further than like an NBA half court, but it's at least it's definitely a, a long three pointer. Yeah. So. And he just yeah takes it and says, "Oh, you'll come to my revival if I sink this shot," and he like sinks it. Yeah. Like easily, easily. Yeah. yeah. Which it looks like he took kind of. I mean, it was probably true for Tucker. Yeah. But um, but you know he's got a whole big thing with his daughter. You know, in uh, Father of the Bride, playing basketball. Yeah. And it just seems like something that he's like, oh, that's something I can do. I can relate with on emotional level. Not that it was a big part in this movie, but I was just I saw that and I was like, huh, let me ask Brian about that. I mean, but, you would definitely like, and I think that's we kind of touched on it before. That's what's kind of missing though, like more Steve Martin being Steve Martin. He is Steve Martin, but he's not, not Which, classic well, Steve let's Martin. Just, so, again, just the fact that it's not like Mike, Michael Keaton, like it said, now, production, that could have been pre-production. I don't know. It yeah, really just said sure. he, he might have stepped in a couple of days before. There wasn't much literature They could have started that. filming a couple of days. Yeah, Who knows? True. I don't know. But point being, the fact that it says he quit production, it's not like, you know, he was... You know, because there's plenty of times you read and it says blah 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 was up for the part. Yeah, I think that they might have, you know, just had some more stuff in mind with Michael Keaton where you would have written another. And hey, listen, Steve Martin's a comedian; he can do definitely do improv and stuff like that. But I heard the man is very much um, business, like very you know, like a straight shooter in real life. Mm, okay. And so I think when he reads a script, like what's in front of him. And then I think it probably comes down to the director, too. I think he's a definitely a very collaborating person. That makes sense. And so I think if, you know, he if he reads the script, like, he'll do his, you know, version of that. But then also if he isn't given much direction, you know, he'll, he'll do his job. He's not, he's not yeah. phoning it in. No, no, he certainly didn't phone in this movie. Yeah. Um. But, um, yeah. And then pretty much the next scene is we get the first look at the revival. And it was just very interesting. It was like you could see the art of the scam. They're all going around listening to people talking. Yeah, there's a big technology personal. aspect of it. Oh, this. yeah, but I wrote that. Um, what, 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 what was my exact um, line? Oh, I put computer research, mind blown in 92. <laughs> like this is, this is on the same level as... Uh, What's the girl's name in Jurassic Park? Uh, Lex. Lex. Yeah, you know, like, that like, was, like, a whole, like, you know... You name it, we got it! Yeah. Like, I'm a hacker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that whole, like, that was, like, you know... Com- Cyber. Computers were yeah. such a, like, big part Whoa. of the world of Jurassic Park. Like, computers and, you know, she logs where people are sitting and stuff like that. She do- she does her... She was even doing Jane, research. Yeah, yeah Jane. Jane. So Jane's runs the truck in the inside, and yeah, basically, she's Steve Martin's like right hand lady. It feels from her Hoffman. And there's a little bit of a sting between them. A little she, bit. She, uh, no, she definitely she, like they flirt with one another, 
and he even he I forget oh he gets the puppy for her at one point she's always asking him for even though it's not like a real engagement ring she says stuff point being I think she like if Steve Martin wanted to I think she would yeah possibly they maybe they had in the past we don't know I mean but yeah. they seem to be they seem to be friends and on very good terms and mm-hmm. you know that flirty dynamic of friends yeah so she runs the show in the truck he and, runs the stage she runs behind backstage and um i would say meatloaf more runs the front stage okay sure i'm sorry i'm just saying yeah, like, steve martin is more the face of it. it yeah he works the stage yeah and they basically uh meatloaf and philip Zimmer hoffman's character and some of the other lackeys will just find things out about the audience relay it to deborah winger's character jane She'll find out stuff on the internet, or not, well, not really the internet, kind of just uh, doing like basic research, and then she, she'll uh, place where they're seating, and mm-hmm. she'll feed it through Steve Martin's microphone, so he can pick out, uh, oh, this this man is deaf of hearing, or he- deaf of hearing, <laughs> hard of hearing, <laughs> or uh, you know someone who just lost their job, and yeah. basically like the magic of his performance doesn't come from God, it and comes then you from know like, what? Information. The more you give the more you live <laughs> that's it he's a man of just as we've seen he doesn't it's funny because he is i think another person i think michael keaton again uh if we gave him the same backstory i think he would have hammed up an accent and so point being um he comes out and so i'm not exactly per se sold on him being like you know this snake oil salesman of a preacher but he still he does a good job but i'm just saying like that from seeing just televangelists and stuff like that he doesn't he doesn't go like full hundo you know yeah he's not particularly like i don't think i mean not not that any of those people would convince me but he doesn't seem particularly i mean the movie indicates that he's convincing clearly Mm -hmm. but he's not that convincing with my eyes you know no but i guess well okay so this is the big this is the big thing for the town for rustwater and this is why it's such a clever name they're in like a very you know so it's like a podunk town uh but they're like most of kansas like a crop town and they haven't gotten rain in quite some time. Seems like it's their what would be their dry season, but it definitely yeah, seems. Yeah, they said seven years of basically bad harvests in this town. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't even pick up on that. So yeah, so pretty much you know they're in some dire straits. A lot of them, besides these personal problems, for the most part, people are wanting to know when is this rain gonna come. That that's basically the whole town is shut down or. I think it says twenty seven percent of unemployment in this town. Yeah, and that's be- where because and, of the rains. And yeah, the and as a good guy, as the, as the, as the sheriff, Liam Neeson doesn't want these good people that have very few dollars left in their not even bank accounts in their wallets. Yeah, to be handing over ten dollars, five dollars to because they're basically giving everything they have to. Steve in, Martin's in yeah, ministry. Through, through through faith, hoping that it, it'll reward them. These people are ripe for the picking, essentially. Which is always interesting to me, because again, like it's where, in their minds, where does this money go? Like, if I the very few times I've, I mean, I don't, I no, I through my own memory, I don't, I don't have a, being in church, like besides like funerals and weddings, but the collection plate, at least you know, like when that goes around, you're like in, you know, it's a stable place. 
and you know it's going to that place. Yeah, yeah. If it's your, yeah, if it's your church, it's going to that the payments of that church yeah. theoretically. You know, like you like again because you see obviously how many people are, are working and setting up this traveling thing. You, one would have to wonder how do these people make a living. Oh, is it through my money? So if each of these people make minimum wage, even then through these collections, like I think in the first show they make five thousand dollars, something along those you lines. Know, but I mean, it, it we we should be clear, like in this tent that they set up in the fairground, it's quite a performance. They have oh yeah, full crazy lights, lots of lights, and, like and we said, and there's a lot of people involved. They got a full like. 30-person choir. Yeah, had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, how do they pay for it? I don't know where they're draining the electricity from, but... True. You know? Now, maybe they have generators. That's what I'm asking. Okay, so then they're paying for gas, you know? Well, it's weird. I I guess not weird. I guess it's it's very 90s and very uh, easy Hollywood comedy. But for a movie called Leap of Faith, it doesn't touch into too many religious things, if if you know what I'm saying. they, They keep it very neutral there. Because I know what you're discussing in terms of like, there's this whole thing, and we're again, this is not a religion podcast or like, but there's that whole thing like, and I just know it from like the the news, this whole gospel of prosperity that these revivalist preachers do preach, like you give me money and you're mm-hmm. going to be rewarded with, God's going to reward you because you're rewarding me. Yeah. Which again, to, and from my ears sounds completely silly, but that's you know teach his own. It's, it's a country of Scientology. <laughs> Yeah, pay, we'll so get into that later. Levels go down. Um, in a later podcast, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, like, that kind of struck me a little bit that they don't so much touch that, but it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Again, this is supposed to be like a simple, easy uh, comedy, I guess. Right? It's not. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess back to the, the dramedy. The, dramedy, yes. I get, but it's not like I wouldn't call this a dark comedy or anything. No, I mean it falls into the same realm as like I mean what like Steve what like this time period of Steve Martin is like the father of the bride you know like there's yeah it's it's got comedic elements because of its actors but as far as it's like story it's grounded oh yeah it's not it's not like a slapstick (laughs) yeah it's not it's not Roxanne no 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 or I don't know what's another the jerk the jerk three amigos yeah (laughs) awesome yeah great movie but yeah, so what? After this, we meet uh, Boyd, Marva's younger brother, and this is the big like. So this brings. Well, the... we see him earlier, right? When he's. Yeah. Well, technically, we first meet him when S- Steve Martin is just doing a little trick for some kids. Yeah, and we we see him and, and with like with the water, gun. P- yeah, yeah the water squirt pistol. gun, and he, and he tosses it to Boyd in the car, but we don't really know who he is. No, we don't know who he is. Yeah. And so then we officially meet him when Steve Martin goes back into the diner to hit on Marva, and there's. Uh, this teenage boy, Boyd. That's what the whole time. Did you did yeah, you think that I was, I was I thinking just calling him boy. boy the whole time, but it was Boyd, a very uh, midwestern, southern kind of name. And yeah, so he's this kid's playing chess. Very seems like a mature young kid. Steve Martin and him kind of have a little like scene playing chess while he's yeah, like, was, hitting on his sister. Yeah, exactly. Kind of giving him a blessing though, Boyd. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I think he. Well, I think he. I think there's a little bit of like he feels bad for his sister. Yeah. Because so Boyd has a problem with a leg. Is it one leg? Both legs? Um, no, it's definitely it's one leg. He, he wouldn't be able to. Walk. Yeah, he can't walk regularly. Yeah, he's got he's those in, uh, braces, and he's in like those kind of crutches things. Yeah, the like what like someone with like cerebral palsy would yeah. be like using. And uh, it's revealed that 
their parents died. Well, he and his parents were in a car accident where his parents died, and he was trapped in there, and they couldn't get to him, and so by the time, like, they couldn't do, they've tried multiple surgeries, and this is where Marva grew her resentment for a lot of preachers, is because they said, oh, we can heal him, and they gave money, and they, you know, they got her brother's hopes up a lot. Yeah. Ultimately, she's not ready to take her leap of faith with, uh... What's the title? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> with Jonas. Uh, just, that just reminds me. Don't you find kind of feel sometimes that they think of the title before the movie? I do that sometimes. <laughs> That's true, but, like, this is definitely... This is definitely one of those films that it's possible with. It's either that, or it's just a who the hell knows what we're going to call this. Oh, let's just kind of go with it. Yeah, let's find a cliche catchphrase yeah, that people exactly. hear. Yeah, Yeah. so honestly, after this scene, we meet all... like this is That's like we meet all of our main characters, and it pretty much comes down to, as I said earlier, then we've got our second revival, and this is where... Before then, you definitely see that uh, Jane... First is a distraction, I think, to keep the sheriff away from meddling in with Jonas... She is flirting with him and talking to him a lot, but she goes by his house and he's even giving like her a foot rub and then he takes her into the field and shows her the butterflies. I don't know. The point being, they yeah, definitely start a having there. I mean, I, a romance. I, I kind of like that there was a secondary romance. Well, that's like the film. main romance. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Well, I, I was Marva thinking... really. Marva never gives in to Jonas's. No, but there's like a whole flirtation there, obviously. Sure. But, I mean, I think Deborah Winger's character here, Jane, believe it or not... What were her big films? Terms of Endearment, Mm -hmm. Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, so, you know, she was definitely a go-to in the 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I mean, she had a name, especially at the time. I think she has second billing here. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, good for her, and I I think she's a good actor. I don't know a lot of her movies well. Like, obviously, I've seen more Steve Martin films, but... And that's why she'll be our next podcast. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of a good winger pun. But flinging I with it. winger. Wait. Flinger, <laughs> flinger winger. <laughs> yes, our Deborah winger. Buffalo pun, yes. winger. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Buffalo winger. Yeah, no, I can't think like Ernie or wingers. No. <laughs> Ernie or wingers. <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. Sorry, I had to throw that in. Raven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, but her, her, her um, character is pretty strong in this, believe it or not, for the time. Very independent know? woman, yes. Very independent woman. And she gets her own arc, and she's not just, like, a thing. Too many times in these films we see, like, the women characters are just a side piece. Like, just, just yeah. you know what I'm saying, just like a I part of, of, like, the, the, the window dressing of this. But she has her own arc, which is yeah. nice. And uh, like you were saying, it does get a little weird, Liam Neeson, like, showing her butterflies yeah. in... in in the cornfields, a little like country and corn ready, and it's just a whatever, but still good yeah. for them, I guess. <laughs> so, during uh, this second revival, I think she is, she is she late for that one, yeah, yeah, she's a little late, and pretty much uh, the sheriff wants to testify, but him testifying is calling out Jonas, and this is when he pulls up his whole rap sheet. Yeah, stuff. this is when we learn all these things that he was an orphan. Yeah, he's from, he's from, from Bronx. Honestly, I don't really. And Steve, and Steve Martin uh, or Jonas is like angry. He goes off stage, but then his gears start turning, and you see how he's gonna flip it. Yeah, and this is kind of. I think Michael Keaton would have been and had an interesting take on this one more yeah. than Steve Martin. 
but he flips it and he flips it well but honestly like when you think about it and that's what I was going to mention before it's not that hard to flip it's like he mentions that he's actually from New York he's not from Appalachia and that he he's an orphan and it's like oh my god how do you expect these people to feel bad for the orphan it, it, it's 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 silly it's not yeah. the best writing so he gives here. them their money back and that's that's where uh, that's the boldest thing actually he does he he gives them their money back and and he even gives some people extra money because th- then the big thing is he realizes oh man like we gotta like because now we're losing money and we don't want to be like you know totally like Frankenstein angry villagers running us out of town kind <laughs> of c- scenario so he goes in the security guard which I guess is a local guy because then the sheriff asks him the next day at the revival. Uh, he, uh, Jonas paints open eyes on, like, of the big Jesus on the crucifix. And so when we're at our third revival, this is just like, everyone's like, oh my god, and there starts being some, you know, like, a little bit of news coverage, and they get a big crowd to come, people from long distances, and this whole time, Boyd has really wanted, you know, a close relationship with Jonas and obviously, he likes him and, yeah, he likes and he, him. He is a faithful person. Yeah, uh, Boyd. He still has like hope. That... Yes, Marva has given up, but Boyd is very much faithful, and so Boyd is trying to get his attention. And Jonas ends that third revival without helping him, but then the crowd is saying one more. It's kind of like an encore. Yeah, yeah he's like healing one... people left and right. It's yeah. like a big extravaganza, and they just want like one more. They want an encore. So it comes back out, and this is where it gets kind of weird. This is something that, like, I was expecting when we saw the trailer, because that's what we tend to watch the trailer uh, before we watch the film. This is where I, I expected it to be in the beginning of the film, what the film was going to be more yeah. about. Yeah, kind of a weird trailer, right? Cause yeah. Didn't... Boyd has a honest-to-God miracle, and he doesn't have to use his crutches Yeah, he anymore. starts walking again, yeah. and everyone is just... I mean, like, obviously, this is a kid they know from their town. They probably see him a lot, and suddenly mm-hmm. he's walking. And Steve Martin originally, like, thinks that he was being scammed by Marva and yeah. Boyd. So he's all pissed off, and he even says, like, calls Boyd out on it, but he sees that Boyd is being sincere. Marva comes in and thanks him. And this is the... You know, like when watching it, I'm like looking at it, like, oh, how much time is left? I'm like, oh, this, this is like towards the end of the film or whatever. And pretty much Steve Martin decides to leave. Yeah. And so he just gets a couple of his things and flags down a tractor trailer and hops on this uh, tractor trailer. And by then, there's uh, already like a, I mean, there's a huge crowd for that third revival because they heard about the open eyes, open eyed Jesus on the crucifix, but then it's just like, and we see a bunch of people are camping and looks like they're going to, they would obviously then stay there for a while and make some money. And they go into, uh, Steve Martin when he's all pissed off and Jane goes after him in like their RV and their, you know, big bus, the whole, you know, the meat, meat, meatloaf, tiny and, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, uh, come in and you know what, let's play. This is like the one, like really besides the beginning of the film, this is the uh, good talking point for Phil Smear-Hoffman's character. Yeah, so let's play it now. Loaded those roofs. They are going out of their minds. I had to get the boys to start clearing the tent or else those yokels would have torn it down. You got to see the money coming in through the 
roof, man. All I know is that by this time tomorrow afternoon, we're going to be all over every television station in the country. Oh, man, do you know what that means? We can play you all. So, these... come on. You can tell me the truth. What is this, an elaborate setup or what? Hello, Leon. What do you think? Great, man, great. I don't know how you did it, but getting that kid in the act was a stroke of genius. You give that kid a haircut, man, you put him in some fancy clothes, you put that kid on the stage! It's money in the bank, man! Hey, well, maybe we could even get him to reenact it. Do you know what we could bring in in Dallas in one week? One week. Seven figures. Seven figures, man. Jonas, man. What do you think? Do it. Do it! You're a genius, man! Genius! Jonas, wait. Listen to me. That's money in the bank, man. <laughs> like this is okay, great. We've got like that's that's our that's He's that's got, why we love him. Yeah, he, he whenever he delivers a line, again, we're fans. It's so just enjoyable. We're biased, but like you love, you smile. You can't help but smile. He just reminds you of someone you know. Absolutely, and uh, like just to be clear, there, it seems like everyone's excited about this. Rev- uh, how well the revival went, and they're gonna they're gonna take the show on the road. He mentions yeah, like, he mentions they're gonna make seven, they could make seven figures seven in figures Dallas. Seven figures in Dallas, yeah, and uh, basically they, they they think the kids in on it. But as we mentioned, Steve Martin knows he wasn't in it because he didn't do it. And yeah. once he realizes, kind of like, wow, this guy was just healed. Yeah, he, you know what? That's what I think he finds comes... his faith, right? Like, yeah, well, that's yeah. I wrote that down. Like, he he has faith now. But I no, I you know what? He doesn't have faith at that point. I think he starts realizing, wow, there actually are is something higher going on, right? Like right around here. Okay, yeah. So. I'm not gonna mess with this anymore. I think I mean he was just naturally like in a I think he was an unhappy person in general. Like Fair. he's got, you know, I mean, he, you know, he's got his family, he's got his friends, like this, you know, road family or whatever. Seems like he kind of enjoy or he's good at what he does, but who knows if he actually enjoys it cuz there is that great uh Boyd there's something said in the beginning of the film then Boyd says it to him in the tent when Jonas confronts him. And what's the line? It's the line's pretty much around like it doesn't matter. You remember how that went? So at the beginning of the diner, he says, um, Boyd questions him on whether it's fake or not. It's like yeah. something along the lines of like, what does it matter if it's real or fake? Yeah. As long as you're helping people. Yeah. Okay. So Steve Martin says that to him at the beginning of the in film. In the beginning of the film. And then hey, one eighty. Yeah, Boyd. Boom. Back at you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's basically, you know, and he has a point that, like, I guess... Not in the case of getting water. People praying for something no, like that. No, no, not in the case of that, and not in the case of taking their money. Yeah. But if you're helping them believe, and you're helping them just, I guess, have confidence to, to find that new job or something yeah. like that, then, yeah, I mean, he has a point. It doesn't matter if it's real or fake. Then again, it's, the, it's extrapolated, though, when Boyd can walk again. Yeah, so that's why it feels like kind of out of place. Yeah, that's why it's a little weird because it's not like oh, and then they kind of his intentions are good. Then, they, then, I mean, they kind of double down in like the last like fifteen minutes of this film. Steve Martin decides to, for one reason or another, get out of there. Yeah, leaves leaves his uh, like mirror jacket 
and then an envelope <laughs> for Jane with uh, that ring that she said that she wanted or whatever, like when she was joking, when are you going to give me that? I don't know if she calls it an engagement ring. No, no, it's just like a ruby. Diamond ring. No, I think, it's even ruby. Though it's, yeah, but I feel like she, she says ruby. She says ruby. Oh, okay. And it's like... And so he leaves that for her. Maybe there's a note in there, too. It's just his sign of, you know, oh, like, I'm gone. That's his way of saying it. Yeah, gone. he just takes off, and then... They, uh, like like I said, say? they double down, <laughs> and he's driving off, and it starts raining. It starts raining. The cure of all, you know, the town's ills happens. Yeah, and everyone, the people that are camping outside of the big tent, they're all cheering and dancing in the rain. And, I mean, it's a nice ending, but it felt a little rushed in the sense of that's a good ending if the film and Boyd getting healed was earlier in the film. Yeah, th- th- that part of it's a little weird. It's a little weird pacing in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to touch on something and I'm sure ne- this show is relatively new and I know most of you probably haven't seen it, but something that's like very weirdly similar uh-huh. to this film is that HBO series The Young Pope. Oh, I did not watch that. How is it? I, I just finished it, and honestly, like, The Young Pope, much, much better than this. Yeah, I can imagine. It's <laughs> yes, it's uh, not, for obvious reasons. It's not TV. It's HBO. True, true. But it, it kind of explores that, like... I mean, The Young Pope more, I think he questions God, or, like, I don't want to, like, ruin it. Yeah. But then the, it kind of leaves you, leaves you on a similar note, but done much better. Sure. Okay. But in terms of just, like, questioning the mysteries of this world, supposedly, mm. and the mysteries of faith. Okay. Um, and I, I think... It's a companion piece? <laughs> yes, it's a companion <laughs> piece. I think, though, that this is something that... Pro- this is probably a story that you see in a lot of literature, you know, a lot of books, a lo- and a lot of other films. It's got a little bit of the hero's journey going on. A little bit, yeah. Right? And it, it, it's all that... It's that whole thing. I mean, look, there are... Th- the original stories, what are they? They're all religious stories, right? Sure. They're all, um, you know... Metaphors. Metaphors and legends and stuff like that. And it's about, like, explaining the unexplained. Now, this doesn't really explain the unexplained. No. But it just touches on that whole... There is something bigger and greater out there. Yes. It, um, and it's not just that there's two meatloafs that I thought. I thought he would, once it started raining, I thought the truck was going to turn around. I mean, that would have been a nice, a nice touch. But I guess he just, you know, accepted his 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 new fate. Um, All right, I've got a question for you. What do you think then to our characters? What do you think happens? To well, what do you think happens to the revival? What do you think happens to Jane? Does she stay with the sheriff? I mean, there's too much stuff. Someone must continue it, right? Maybe Meatloaf. Maybe who? Meatloaf. No, I, in my I wrote this. I said. I like to think that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character takes the reins. Oh, I would, I would like, and then it just seeing it, how it spins into another one. Then of he goes songs. back in time, and he's the yeah. master. Yeah, he's the master. <laughs> would you say that this is his religious trilogy, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Leap of Faith, Doubt, Doubt and the, the Master? master. <laughs> just, I love it. I love it. Well, it's fantastic. We will touch. I mean, it's it's funny that you bring that up because we will touch on more of the religious implication. Of things in both ways, in doubt and the master, you know, more so than this because you, he's you know, he's not the leader. You know, here. I think relig- religious might not be the right word, but a movie that deals with like faith and like the greater like aspect and what life is about. Um, Synec- Synec- I'm, I'm always gonna say because I always want to say the place, but Synecdoche, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's the, another the, one. The too. place is Schenectady. This yeah. is Schenectady. The place between the pines. Yeah. Or beyond the pines. Or whatever. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, maybe this is something he's interested in. Now, again, and we kind of always touch on this, like, let's let's be honest, it's early in his career. He just probably... Oh, he took a role. Yeah. yeah, took a role. Yeah, yeah. But this it's definitely his third, something he... This is in his first, like, years of his career. That, so this was his, you know, one of three films in 92... He's got three films in 93. There might have been another film filmed in 92, which I just saw today, but it was definitely... We have it released a couple years later. That's that foreign film. Yeah, there's a Polish film yeah, that we're yeah, going to try to get our hands on. That's going to be a tough one to get our hands on, but regardless, yeah, this is early in his career, so he's he's taking these roles because they're um, you know they're offered to him. I think but later people... we see him explore yeah. uh, religion and faith and... Uh, I, religion in with the big R in terms of like the corporate religion and religion in terms of the higher mysteries. Yeah. I'm sure he auditioned, but I could definitely see this being a film that helped him get his role in Twister. Yeah, that's another... Like we said we, earlier, we, we said similar the to Kansas, his role. Yeah, the Kansas but uh, I think, aspect of it. Yeah. Like, I think this was, you know, if he has a reel or something like that at that point, or just, I don't know, whatever to hand. I mean, it's similar. He's like a drifter on the, on the the in the mid... Middle America yeah, on the road. Yeah, he's in a fun vehicle, with, a fun vehicle. with people like a like with a you know mi- miss a uh, team of misfits. Yeah, misfit family, Make, makeshift. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and that we'll see this explored in Twister as well in terms of but this is again this is a character he's playing early on. I love it. I wish there was more of it. I do want to touch on something though. Like, what age do you peg him at his character here? Honestly, like, I mean, just because I feel I feel like I'm still young and not going to be, like, turning 30 in June, um, I, I, like, I feel like he's, like, close to my age. It's funny, because Incentive of a Woman, which is around the same time he plays... He's supposed to be, like, a junior. Yeah, he's, like, a junior in yeah. high school. Which he looks and much... He, and he, 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 he looks much younger a year in the... No, the same year. Same so year when... Year. So it's funny, because so I think when Philip Seymour Hoffman plays that brat character he kind of it kind of seems like he can be younger yeah but when he plays the clothing too plays a little bit of clothing well yeah. he's wearing a bandana in this movie I don't know why. which he wears in other films as well yeah and I think he even wore a bandana to the Oscars once uh, really? I think of the year that he was nominated for Doubt he had this like this black bandana oh, I kind of remember like, what, like a Steve he looked very Steve weird Van yeah yeah it was very <laughs> Steve Van Zandt <laughs> um, like the least lo- likable face I've ever seen <laughs> Steve Van Zandt Speak, hey. Speaking of least likable faces, in uh, well, and we'll get to this a little later. But in our next film, there's a pretty unlikable face. I don't know the guy's name. But. Talk about that's like a that's a guy that plays, and I think maybe for that movie we have, and that's can we say we, neither of us have seen that? Is that correct? Yes, neither of us have seen the film. Joey Breaker. Joey Breaker, our next it's movie. Kind of breaking my balls right now because it's hard to get a copy of it. Yeah, we had to buy the VHS, but we're excited. We're gonna see it. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you for <laughs> Brian for purchasing. Well, if the v- I mean, hopefully, whoever's selling me this VHS, don't scam me. Yeah. Send me the VHS, please, because we need to see Joey Breaker. Yes. Regardless, what you were gonna say about. The actor who plays him, which I... Yeah, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I think I remember I started writing the... Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Richard Edson, Richard plays, Edson yeah, play, yeah. plays Joey. And can I say his most recognizable role is the car attendant in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Is yeah. That, is that fair? That that might be fair. Um, I'd have to... Again, I'll do, we'll do the research for Joey Breaker, and we'll discuss that yeah. in next week. Like you podcast. pointed out, he's in Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. 
he buys the car at the auction. But yeah, again, we'll discuss that next week. In terms, of, but he has one of those faces as well. Yeah. Does Philip Seymour Hoffman have one of those faces, or is there something else that? Look, he's on. He, if we're going back in time and we're seeing uh, his career, he's on a roll here. Is he starring in the films? Not so much, but he's on a roll in terms of he's making three or four films a year. He's definitely he's he's being recognized by people. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think they're seeing him in these small films, and they're saying, "Oh, he could totally do this. He he's, could totally be that." I don't know. To me, he's just somebody. So let's go by the character uh, or the actor for next week's film, Richard Edson. Like, because you know, we're saying about faces, and you just asked about Phil from Hoffman's face. Richard Edson, two of them in a crowded room. I'm looking at Richard Edson because of his face. I'm looking at Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm looking at him because of his like life force. His presence, right? His Even presence. in a room. If we're going to talk about a physical thing with Philip Seymour Hoffman, that, that has always drawn me to him. And like I tried to think about this. For me, and I think we've mentioned this, his voice. He, he just has like this... <sighs> yeah. That if we we're really gonna break down, like make a list, like you know, one down to whatever number we decide to stop at, first thing on the list is his voice. Yeah, it's just great. It's just great. He just, it's soothing, it's, it's, and, but it's, it's also well, like, it's clay. It he molds it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he totally like that's something. Steve Martin sounds like Steve Martin in this movie. And he always and he always will. And and look, and Phillips and Robin always sound because like Steve Martin's Hoffman. not necess- he's not really a, he's not really a character actor. No, but Phillips and Hoffman again. He doesn't. Ch- he okay. He does change his voice drastically in certain films. Yes, but well, then he's got his archetype character. Yeah, even but even yeah, his resting Phillips and Hoffman voice is still. It just fits the characters he plays so yeah. well. And in this film, Leap of Faith, anytime he talks, which is rare, how many lines would you say he has in this film? In the end of the day, at most twenty, at most, at most. He's, again, he's got like maybe some quick like ones 10. in the middle, yeah. but he's got some beginner ones because he's like collecting money when they're taking bets of Steve Martin talking to the cop in the opening scene, and then his only other big, I'm doing air quotes, big scene is after Boyd can walk and they're in the RV and saying about like Dallas yeah, and stuff and like I, that. Yeah, exactly. So, but you you remember him. And I think that goes back to what you're saying. I think casting directors, at the very least, are watching these movies and they're remembering him. There's a lot of... I'm going to go back because on the first podcast said how Twister was the first film I'd really like... I'd really like to say that that was the first film I saw him in. But it's definitely the... If for some reason I saw another film beforehand, but I was still... When when Twister came out, we were young. Yeah. So just as far as my memory goes, that's the first film I saw him in. But if anything, that's the first film that he stood out out to me in yeah and that's uh, something to me. say because that's a, that's like an ensemble yeah and he he, he I, you could argue that I, a, I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off before that and Fry's in that movie true you could argue though that his role is the same in Twister as in this film Twister was seen but if by, they gave him more lines yeah he's got he's got, a, but he, he's got a little bit more lines he's got more memorable lines don't get me wrong but he's still part of this same kind of team mm-hmm. and we'll discuss this kind of obviously more when we discuss Twister but you still, on the in these ensembles, you're recognizing him. Mm-hmm. You're picking him out. It's not just because we know him now. Like I can tell the difference between that, and I'm sure you can too. He he's he's fun. At the very least, he's fun. 
Now, and something else. He I, did more with his role than Meatloaf did. Absolutely. And I like Meatloaf. I love Meatloaf. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I love Meatloaf. But As a person, saying, like, not like a, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. an okay actor. I don't know. Um, so this is something we touched on uh, while we were just discussing uh, when we first met up today, though, is that this is kind of the opposite of the other uh, films that we've reviewed of him or a lot of the other ones mm-hmm. so far in terms of he's in it f- throughout the movie but doesn't say too much. Yeah, he has more screen time, but he has pretty much the same amount of dialogue as um, Triple Bogey and My New Gun. Yeah, essentially. He doesn't have a scene here, really. I'm looking forward to Joey Breaker. I feel like he has a little bit... It looks like he might be... Because we watched the trailer. It looks like he might be... Joey's assistant or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I believe he's Joey's assistant in that one. So it looks so, like he... So he'll have more of a scene here, but I, I have to say it was nice seeing him throughout. It was nice seeing him in the background. And again, people, this is, we're in. talking, this is like the second year of his career. He's doing fourth, well. Fourth, fourth, <laughs> third theatrical film. It's funny because I feel like it'll take him a while to be recognized as like a, a household name. Yeah. Oh, a, a, a while, but it he jumps on the screen fast and he just becomes a prolific actor in terms of mm-hmm. projects. Definitely. Well, um, I mean, I think we, tr- we did our best with uh, Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. I mean, maybe maybe we'll go to a revival this weekend. Interested? Sure. <laughs> I the frankly, clo- I What do you think know. would be the close revival in, like, Pennsylvania? I Honestly? We're in New York City right now. I could, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, look, I'm sure I'm sure we could find them in the city. You could find anything in the city. <laughs> Woo. Regardless, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yeah. Leap of Faith. Next week, as we mentioned, is uh, Joey Breaker. Yep, Joey yeah. Breaker. Like movie neither of us have seen, but we're definitely excited to see it. So, guys, once again, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Yes. Email us at psilovehoffman at gmail.com. And listen to all the other stuff on Cage Club. It's yes. just some really good stuff. and some uh, interesting stuff ahead for Cage Club. Looking forward to definitely. it. Definitely. And thanks as always, guys. Yes. I just want to say, the more you give, the more you live. Just remember that, people, if you would like to make donations to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. we'll, be uh, pa- we'll be passing the bucket around. Yeah, just hit me up on uh, Venmo. <laughs> Venmo. Oh, Venmo. <laughs> Damn it. Venmo. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? All right, Venmo, Venmo. <laughs> yes, hit, hit Kyle up on Venmo. Where did you come from, baby? How did you know I needed you? How did you know I needed you so badly? How did you know I'd give my heart? Sexy things, sexy things you